Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by the preaching of the word by Pastor Wu Yuzhuang. Well, this week is the first weekend of the month of June. Now, I do not know how we'll spend our first half of this year, but I believe how we spend the next half of this year is even more important. Now, I want you to look at Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4. It says over here, this spoken by Nehemiah. One of my brethren came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Now, let me give you the background of this story a little. Now, what happened is that in 586 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem. Now, when he conquered Jerusalem, he marched in with his soldiers. Now, he, he knocked down the wall of Jerusalem. They burned down the city gates. So, the children of Israel, they went through a period of war, were taken captive. And after a while, they were released back to society. Now, and then, the first group of Israelites, you know, that went back to Jerusalem was actually led by Zerubbabel in 538 BC. Now, most of us will know Zerubbabel because, you know, we, we know this verse, not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit. An angel of the Lord spoke to him. Now, when they first went back to Jerusalem, the first thing that they did was that they rebuilt the temple. So worship was restored in Jerusalem. And that is the right thing to do. Before God can restore back our lives, worship must first be restored. Amen? You know, some people say, Pastor, you know, give me some time. You know, when I get my life right, then I'll come back to God. No, 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 no. You, you make a mistake. It is precisely you cannot get your life right without God. You need to come back to God first. Restore back the worship and God will restore back your life. Now, the second group that went back was led by Ezra. That was in 458 BC, about 80 years after the first return. Now, this time around, they make spiritual and religious restoration. The third return was led by Nehemiah in 445 BC, which is nine years later. And this time around, they rebuilt the city wall and the city gate. Now, that means to say, right, if, you, if you look at this, this whole thing, from the first return to the third return was a period of long 93 years. 93 years from the first return to the third return. The children of Israel live in a city without the gate. Without the war. 93 long years, they live in a city without the gate and without a proper wall. The wall was broken. Now, the thing is, war speaks of protection. Everybody say protection. 
When there is war, there is protection. Without war, there is no protection. That means the enemies can come in and out to plunder our people, to rob you know, our possessions, to abuse our daughters, to bully our children. Can you imagine how unsafe the children of Israel must have felt for the 93 years without proper wall and proper gates? They were living with insecurity, feeling unsafe because the enemies could easily come in. And what happened after a while is that they got used to a state of failure. They got used to a state of defeat in their lives. See, this broken wall, these stones on the ground, the rubbers on the ground, the gate on the ground, it is a reflection of how the children of Israel really feel on the inside of them. The brokenness on the outside reflects a brokenness on the inside. It was a reproach. It was a reminder that they are failures and they have been defeated. So every day, the children of Israel, they, they walk past the stone. You know, they go to work. They saw the stone on the ground. They just, just walk past. Or they just skip the stone. They just, just, just pretend the stones was not there. So, now, this morning, you know, I want to encourage all of us here in this place. Because there is this man that God raised up in the midst of this. This man by the name of Nehemiah. Everybody say Nehemiah. The Word of God said Nehemiah. You know, he, when he heard of this story, that the, the city was without gate and without wall, he felt burdened. The Bible says he wept for many days. He was troubled. He mourned for many days. He prayed and he fasted. Something inside me was stirring. He must do something about these broken walls. Now, who was this Nehemiah? Who is this Nehemiah? Now, Nehemiah is an Israelite in exile. That means he is not living in Jerusalem. All right, he, he, he's not living in Jerusalem. He was serving the king of Persia. All right, so he was living in a palace, living a good life. And then the word of God says that he's a, he's a cupbearer. Now, a cupbearer's job is pretty simple in my, in my imagination. All right, so what happened is that he, he's supposed to taste the food of the king, taste the drink of the king. If he didn't die, no poison, then they will serve the food and the drink to the king. Can you imagine what the king was eating? Bird nest for breakfast. Abalone for lunch. Shake shake for tea break. Kobe beef for dinner. Maybe chili crab, you know, for supper. He was eating good food, living in a palace, in a comfort, far away from Jerusalem. But yet, he felt that he needed to do something. He doesn't need to. But he wanted to do something for Jerusalem. Now, what else? He's a cupbearer. That means he's not a professional uh, builder. He's not a contractor. He's not an architect. But Nehemiah didn't allow his lack of skill and his lack of knowledge to stop him from wanting to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. He gathered all the people. 
You know, he gathered all the architects, he gathered the, the, the artists, he gathered the engineers, he gathered the construction workers, the families, the men, the women, and he said, listen everybody, I know we can't do this alone, but to, together, we can rebuild the wall. Together, we can do something about it. We must not ignore these stones anymore. We must not just pass it by anymore. We got to, we got to pick up the stone. It's pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. Pick up the stone. We got to pick up the stone and rebuild the walls. We got to pick up the stones, rebuild the wall. The title of my message to you this morning is pick up the stone. Everybody shout, pick up the stone. One more time, pick up the stones. We got to pick up the stones. This morning, I want to ask you a question. What are some of the stones in your life that you have allowed to lie on the ground? What are some of the stones in your life that you have allowed to lie on the ground? These stones can be anything in your life. It could be your dream. Maybe some of us here in this place, we used to have a strong sense of dreams. We have dreams and aspiration. We know our assignment. We know our purpose. We live every day thinking about the dream. The moment you wake up, you think about the dream. You work hard for the dream. Oh, you dream about the dream. But maybe something happened. Maybe your boss overlooked you. Maybe your junior overtook you. And after a while, you know, you, you ask yourself, what's the point of dreaming? You try, but it's not happening. And after a while, you drop the dream. Today, God is speaking to some of us here. It is time to pick up the dream. Start dreaming again. This, this stone, you know, it, it can be anything. It can be your, your self-worth. All you used to love yourself. Not because you're so good, because you know that you are a child of God. You are the apple of God's eye. Every day you look at the mirror, you, oh, I enjoy that mirror. Every time you walk past the shopping mall, the, the reflection of the glass, you can't help but to look back. <laughs> oh, you have a, you, you, got, you love yourself. No problem with that. You know, you try your best to present yourself. You look your best. You tidy up your hair. Put on makeup. But maybe at one point in your life, somebody hurt you badly. Oh, you're hurt. And then you ask yourself, what's the point? What's the point of looking good? Nobody looks at me anyway. Nobody loves me. And you drop your self-worth, your self-image. You don't love yourself anymore. And you let loose yourself completely. You eat like there's no tomorrow. You stop exercising. You stop putting on the makeup. You just don't bathe for three days. You let loose yourself. Today, God is speaking to some of you. Pick up the stone. If you smell something funny on your left and right, turn to, no, don't, 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 pick up the stone. Pick up the stone. Now, for some of you students, maybe this stone is like your studies. 
You used to want to do well in your studies. You study morning, day, after, you know, night. While your friends are playing, you are studying. While your friends are chilling, you are studying. You study hard, you want to be the best A student. You want to do your best to get into a good university. But maybe you got distracted. Maybe some of you got into a complicated relationship. Don't ask me what does that man mean. Complicated. And this person just lead your emotion. You know, every single day you can be going through this roller coaster. Happy, sad, depressed. Happy, sad, depressed in a single day. After a while, you know, you, you cannot concentrate. You start failing and failing and failing. Maybe some of you didn't, didn't do, do, do well for your mid-year, but God is speaking to you. Pick up the stone of studies. Pick up your studies because it's not too late yet. Amen. Maybe for some of us, you know, the stone can be your prayer life. You used to love to pray. You pray in the morning, you pray in the afternoon, you pray in the night. You go for an overnight prayer meeting. You know, you join all kinds of prayer meeting every week. Pre-summit prayer meeting, you are always there. But maybe God didn't answer your prayer and you got discouraged. You say, what's the point of praying? Today, pick up the stone of prayer. Amen. Maybe some of you, you used to love reading the Bible. Oh, you read the Bible from cover to cover five times. You can recite from Genesis to Revelation and then Je Revelation back to Genesis. I mean the sequence of the books, of course. All right, so now you, you love reading the Bible. You go for all kinds of Bible study, all Christology. You are there. You join Bible school. Not only do you love to read the Bible, you love to listen to our CHC app, the podcast. Oh, Monday, you got to listen to Pastor Meng. Tuesday, you got to listen to Pastor Aris. Wednesday, all oh, got to be Pastor San. Thursday, Pastor Bobby. Friday, Pastor Audrey. Every day, you got to listen to their voice. Oh, so nice. But you got busy. Got busy. And then you drop the stone. You drop the habit of Bible reading today. Ladies and gentlemen, you can join the Building Conquerors Bible Reading Program. Come on, pick up your Bible reading habits. Maybe some of you, this stone can be a soul winning. You love to win souls. You think about souls, you pray for souls. You, you, you fast for souls. You start a campus revival. Oh, you used to be so excited. I must do the works of God who sent me. But maybe yourself went through a disbandment. Members are scattered everywhere. You got discouraged. So what's the point of all this soul eating? People are leaving. And every time your pastor encourages you, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's win souls. You, you step over this stone. Well, it's, it's for the cell group. It's for the youth, not for me. Not for our cell group. Picked up the soul, the stone of soul winning. Maybe for some of you, <laughs> the stone is the marriage. You started like everybody else. You got married. Oh, you enter into the honeymoon stage. When I fall in love, it will be forever. But your forever ends less than 12 months. 
And our expert tells us, 9 to 12 months, that's your honeymoon period. You enter into a stage called, the party's over. Maybe some of us, we take our spouse for granted. And then there is this wife that complained to the husband. You know something? I feel so cheated. Before marriage, I have roses and kisses. But now I get burps and gases. <laughs> and then the, the, the husband said, I also feel cheated. Before marriage, you look like a Barbie doll. Now I need Panadol. What happened? What happened to that? Till death do us part marriage. Now we just want to finish off our spouse. And maybe some of us, you didn't finish your spouse, of course, but you got used to a marriage without love. You got used to a marriage without affection. You got used to a marriage without conversation, without communication. Every time you think about the marriage, you just, just skip over the stones. You, you allow status quo in a marriage for the sake of the children. But today God is speaking to us. Picked up your marriage. Picked up your marriage. Go and see a counsellor. Alright, if you don't know who to go to, which counsellor to go to, join a marriage retreat. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Join a marriage retreat. Or maybe some of us, we really need to invest in a marriage more. Many people invest in the relationship before marriage. But stop investing after marriage. You've got to pick up the stone in your life. What is your stone? It could be your job. Maybe some of us, we got used to not working. It could be your finances. Whatever stone in your life that you have allowed to lay dormant in your life, you got to pick them up. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what are some of these stones in your life? Maybe days turn into weeks. Weeks turn into months. Months turn into years. Years turn into decades. Just like the children of Israel, they stepped over the stone, they avoided the stone, they pretended the stones were not there. Then the question comes in, why is it that people don't pick up that stone? Why? Just three simple reasons. Number one, they don't see value in those stones. They don't see values in these stones. The truth is this, if you see value in these stones, you will pick it up. If you see value in these stones, you will pick it up. You will never pick it up if you don't see the value. Let me give you an example. If you see a five cent coin on the floor, most likely, all right, most likely, we will just don't bother, five cents. But if you see a $50 note on the ground, wow. Let me see what I have. Oh, I happen to have $50 on the ground. I tell you, <laughs> you can be running, but ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Praise God. You will never do this. 
you will never, oh, $50, bye-bye. I mean, no matter how rich you are, most likely you will stop to pick it up. No matter how busy you are, the issue is never busyness. It's always about the value. It's not about the busyness. It's about the value. Oh, pastor, I'm too busy. I cannot do this. I, I, I won't elaborate if, in case you get angry at me. I can't do this. I don't have time for this. No. It's not about busyness. Do you see value in reading the Bible? Do you see value in the scripture that says, do not neglect the exemplifying of yourself? Self group. What is your value? In this, in this stones. It's been there for a while. Maybe for some of you, the stones have been lying there. Three years, five years. It is just like your bedroom. Have a picture, look at it. Wow. <laughs> this is what some people call an organized mess. They say, Pastor, I know exactly where to find my book. I know exactly where to find that T-shirt. It's an organized mess. But isn't it true that this is the picture of some of our lives? They say, well, it is not worth trying to pick it up. It will get messy again. It is not worth confronting it. It takes too much energy. If I try to deal with it, I will get knocked down again. What is the point of cleaning my room? It will get dirty again. What is the point of rebuilding my life? I will get messed up again. They stop seeing value in picking those stones. Number two, it could be fatigue. Fatigue. Now, Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 10. Let me read for you this verse. It says, Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Nehemiah, you know, Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. There's so much rubbish. Sometimes we can work so hard that we become tired. Fatigue comes in. We have no more energy to pick up the rubbish or to pick up the stone to rebuild the house. The thing is, God understands our body more than all of us. Word of God says in Psalms 127 verse 2, For God wants His loved ones to get proper rest. Turn to your neighbor and say, you must get proper rest. Sometimes the best or the most spiritual thing you can do is to have a good night's sleep. But of course, don't do it right now, right? Now, National Sleep Foundation tells us, all right, teenagers... 14 to 17 years old, you need 8 to 10 hours of sleep. Younger adults, 18 to 25, 7 to 9 hours. Alright then, adults, 26 to 64, 7 to 9 hours. Older adults, 65 years old and above, you need 7 to 8 hours. Some of you say, no problem. I have 8 hours of sleep every day. The problem is that you sleep at 3 a.m. in the morning. Now listen, the optimum time to sleep is 11 p.m. All right, the expert says that, not me, all right? 11 
to 3, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., what happens is that your liver goes through this process called uh, detox, uh, detoxification. All right? It goes through a, a process of detoxification. So if you only sleep at 3 a.m., the process of detoxification is over. So what happens is that your liver is working harder. And if it becomes a lifestyle, your liver gets inflamed. And then you fall sick. And that is why very often you are so frustrated and agitated so easily. Now listen, one night of good sleep can improve your ability to learn new motor skill by 20%. Quality sleep increases your ability to gain insight into complex problems by 50%. Good sleep promotes skin health and a youthful appearance. Wow! How many of you want to look younger? Can I see your hands? Hallelujah. You got to have your beauty sleep. <laughs> sleep encourages healthy cell division. That means it helps to prevent cancer. Wow. Sleep increases athletic performance. Wow. Now, Vince Lombardi says, fatigue makes cowards of all of us. Fatigue makes cowards of all of us. So if you don't have proper rest, you don't sleep enough, all right, you don't have the power, you don't have the, the faith, the confidence to make good decisions. Never make important decisions when you are tired physically. But fatigue can stop us from picking the stones. It's just too tiring. Number three, failure. Failure. Failure stops us from picking up the stones. Listen, you are going to fail in life. I know some of you, you are solid. You hardly fail. But you are going to fail. In fact, for most of us, we are going to have more failures than successes. The issue is, how do you handle your failures? Do you push the blame? Do you complain? Do you have pity party? You are never a failure until you give up. You are never a failure until you quit. Very often, it is always too soon to quit on your marriage. It is too soon to quit on a job. It is too soon to quit on your studies. It is too soon to quit on your commitment to Christ. And we are at the half-year mark of 2019. Very often, it is always the half-year point where we feel tired, where we forgot the value of our stones, and we feel like a failure. What is the point of picking the stones? But what must we do in closing? Not really closing, yeah? Like, you know, preacher can have many closing, right? So what must we do? Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Proverbs 22 verse 13. The Bible says, The lazy man is full of excuses. I can't go to work. He says, if I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. Can you see how lame our excuses sounds? The last time I remember, I only see lion in safari or in a zoo. You won't find lion in a, in a street. But when we, when we want to make an excuse, we can come up with creative things. Look at what the Bible says, all right? Jerem uh, look at what Ben Franklin said. People who are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. Wow. 
wise words. What about the Bible, Jeremiah 6 verse 14? You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. You cannot heal, you are bleeding. You have bandage all over. You say, I'm okay. Nothing is wrong. Pastor, everything okay. No problem. All right, you go to church. I go home. Everything is not okay. You got to deal with it. Don't make excuses. And number two, start immediately. Start immediately. You have ignored the problems. You have been distracted. You have detoured for something that's important in your life. So you must pick up the stone immediately. Not next week. Not next month. Not next year. Not even tomorrow. Have you ever hear people always say, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not singing, never mind. It's always tomorrow. <laughs> no. Don't procrastinate. Now, don't become a procrastinator. In fact, the procrastinator, they have a poem that they write about themselves. Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know I need to change. In fact, I will tomorrow. <laughs> Proverbs 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day might bring forth. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. No, do it now. Then some people say this. Well, you know, pastor, when things settle down, when things settle down, you know, I will start reading the Bible. When things settle down, I will spend more time with my children or my wife. When things settle down, I will come back to cell group. When things settle down, maybe I'll look for a boyfriend. <laughs> you know something? Things will never settle down. There will always be something that will come out. There will always be a new problem that will come. There will always be something that will preoccupy your life. And that is life. Listen, life must be lived in imperfect circumstance. Life must be lived in less than perfect circumstances. If you wait for everything to be perfect, you will never do anything. But if you see value in these stones, do it now. Do it now. Because the longer you wait, the harder it gets. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. So if you forget everything that I've said, three life-changing words this morning. Do it now. Turn to your neighbor and say, do it now. <laughs> so you got to pick up the stones. Don't procrastinate. Don't push, you know, to somebody else. you got to do something. Pick up the stones, says the Lord. I want to show you something amazing, amazing. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. All right, look at this verse. It says, so the war was finished, hallelujah, on the 25th day of Elu in 52 days. And it happened when all the enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these stones that they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by God. 
The amazing thing about this whole story that is that the, the wall of Jerusalem was rebuilt in 52 days. Can you imagine? From the first return to the third return was a period of 93 long years. And they never bothered to pick up the stone, rebuild the wall. But in actual fact, all it took was 52 days to rebuild the wall. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Listen, listen to me. It doesn't take years. It doesn't take years to rebuild your prayer life. It doesn't take years to rebuild your Bible reading habit. It doesn't, doesn't take years to get back your dream. It doesn't take years to rebuild your marriage. The gift, the calling, the blessing, the business that God has given to you. It was wonderful at the beginning, but then it was broken. But I got a good news for you. It doesn't take years. It takes days sometimes because God is involved to rebuild your life. What has been lying dormant for decades can be rebuilt in days. What has been lying dormant for decades can be rebuilt in days. Hallelujah. All it takes is days. So God is looking for a Nehemiah among us that will say, enough. Enough is enough. I will not walk past the stones anymore. I will not avoid the stones. I will not pretend the stones is not there. I will pick up the stone to rebuild my life. I want to show you in closing something even more amazing. Something even more amazing. Nehemiah, he felt burdened. He needed to do something. So he went to the king of Persia, asked the king for permission to go back to his father's city to rebuild the wall. I want you to look at the reply of the king. Look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 8 to verse I love this part. Hallelujah. Look at verse 8 to verse 9. It says, And the king gave me what I asked for, because the good hand of God was upon me. Then I came to the leaders of the land of the, the other side of the river and gave them the letters. Now the king had sent army captains and horsemen with me. When Nehemiah went to the king of Persia to ask for permission, not only did the king give the permission, the Bible says the king gave Nehemiah everything that he asked for. And even things that he didn't ask for, the captains, the horsemen, the king also gave it to Nehemiah. Nehemiah served a wonderful king. But how many of you know that we serve an even better king? We serve the king of kings. Hallelujah. So if, if, if the king of Persia will be so good and kind to give Nehemiah everything that he needed to rebuild the wall, and even things that he didn't ask for, he gave as well. How much more will God, our Father, our King, give us everything that we need for to rebuild back our lives, to pick up our stones? What do you need from the King this morning? What do you need? The King is here for you. 
I want you to look at one verse. All right, last verse. Oh, this is the last verse. It's the truth. Oh, oh actually not really. All right. So now, chapter 4, verse 11. It says this, Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. God is saying, you know, I will give you the power. I will give you the strength. I will give you everything that you need to pick up your stone. Rebuild your life. Today something is happening. You can believe something, Sam. Something is happening right here. There are stones in our life. We have walked over, walked past. We have pretended it's not there. But this morning, something is happening. God is stirring your heart like Nehemiah. I've got to do something. Yes, I have failures. Yes, I was tired. At one point, these stones are so precious. I stopped seeing value in them. But this morning, I must pick up the stones. I got to pick up the stones. Some of us, we are at the midpoint of our lives. We are in the midpoint of this year. Some of us, you are at the midpoint of your life. Scary midlife. But God is in a plan to do something for us. How many of you, you love to watch soccer here and there, right? Now and then. I'm a Liverpool fan for quite a number of years. I'm not here to, to promote any clubs because I know some of you, uh, you support other clubs, right? So please, don't get upset with me. Just a story, just a story, all right? So I support Liverpool. And uh, a few weeks ago, Liverpool got into the semi-final of, of uh, champion, uh, what? Ch- Championship League. Uh, Champions League, yeah. See, Champions League. He got into the semi-final. Oh, finally. All right, you know, for many, many years, Liverpool is always there but not there, right? So, so for finally, they got into the Champions League semi-final. Last year, they got in, didn't win. But now, they got it again one more time. I was so excited. But the problem is that the opponent, the, the opponent was Barcelona, one of the top clubs in the whole world. Barcelona. Any supporters of Barcelona here? All right, so, okay, never mind. You don't feel like lifting up your hands, all right? After the, you know, the reason. Okay. Anyway, so, now I got excited. So, I, I set the alarm clock. I slept early, earlier. I woke up at 3 a.m. My wife would think that I'm crazy, right? To wake up at 3 a.m. You see, it's all about the value. What I saw value in, she didn't see the same. <laughs> I woke up at three. I watched. Wow, it was exciting. You know, but many points, and my heart was pumping, boom, 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 boom. Because both teams were so good. But then later, Barcelona keep on scoring 1 0, 2 0, 3 0. What a waste of time. Why did I even wake up to watch his match? I tell you, the next day, I had a few hours of depression. I went to work like this. I was like a zombie. I was walking 
but there's no life in me. <laughs> Sorry, son, I will work hard, but anyway. Just sometimes, huh? I was depressed. No mood to answer phone call. It's like a zombie. Maybe some of you here, your first half has been hit with defeat and failure. And now you're walking through life like a zombie. You go to church, but there's no life. You go to work, there's no dream. But let me continue the story, right? Let me continue the story. So I tell myself, I was discouraged. I told myself, well, see what happened is that in the semifinals, there are two matches. They will add up the score of the two matches and then the winner, the, the, the team with the most score will go into the finals. So Liverpool lost 3-0. How are they going to reverse the score for the second match? You know, so I tell myself, I'm not going to watch, love. Waste time. You know, if Liverpool needs, uh, were to win, they need to score at least 4-0 at the second match. You know, Barcelona is a strong team. Usually, they score one or two goals. So if they score two goals, Liverpool got to score six goals. Now, this is like, it takes a miracle. It's harder than raising the dead. No point watching. So, the second match, I slept. I had my beauty sleep before 11 and I didn't wake up at, uh, I didn't wake up at 3 a.m. I slept through. I woke up at, I woke up at 6.15 as usual. Send my kids to school, right? So I woke up, I saw my Instagram. What? <laughs> Liverpool won 4-0. What? <laughs> the impossible was made possible. Wow. 4-0. Yeah, I shouted. I said, wow. I went to a few websites to check that, you know, it's correct, all right? Sometimes, you know, maybe that's mistake. It's correct. 4-0. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sometimes, what happened at the first half? Wait till you go to the second half. Life can, life can bring you down. Life can torture you Sometimes. But wait for the second half. My story haven't ended yet. This is not my main point. I can continue to preach on this, all right? But this is not my main point. All right, so I know the score. I was happy. Next day, no more zombie. I was resurrected. Hallelujah. I remember I missed the, I missed the live play of the second match. So I watched the replay. Not even the highlights. I watched the replay. So when I watch the replay, I have my Starbucks coffee. I have my potato chips with me. I watch the replay with, without suspense, with calm and ease. There were many times, I tell you many times, Barcelona, Messi, oh, they, oh, the ball almost go into the, the goalpost. But I didn't, ooh, 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 ooh. No, no, I didn't. I was because it's not gonna happen. I know the score. I know the score for zero. No way Barcelona is gonna score. I know the score. I know the end game. <laughs> Hallelujah. The privilege of us Christians. We know the end games. 
We know the end games. Our privilege is that we can go to the end of our lives by, by what the Word of God says. Look at the end. And live our present. Yeah, there are challenges in between. There are, there are setbacks. But let's not go through fear. Let's not go through with, with, with great discouragement, suspense. Because we know what is the end. What does the Bible says? Hallelujah. The end of a matter is better than the beginning. Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. This is an ending. While I leave my present, I don't have to be afraid because I know my ending. And last night or this morning, <laughs> hallelujah. It is my joy, my pride, my privilege to announce for the second time in this service that Liverpool was crowned the European champion of Champions League. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. I was watching. Oh, a little tired. But in my spirit, I was screaming. We are the champion. Oh, my friends, I don't know how to sing. We will keep, keep fighting till the end. We are the champion. We are the champion. No need to play. <laughs> We are the champion. We will keep on fighting to the end. Yes, some setbacks. But pick up the stone. Pick up the stone. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Well, let's give Jesus a big hand. Shall we, shall we all rise on our feet together? All the presence of the Lord is here this morning. Why don't we lift up our hand and just talk to God for a while. All His presence is all over here. Oh, God is here. The King is here. Oh, Jesus, why don't we worship the Lord together? Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Your promise still stands 
Faithfulness, your faithfulness. 
like this morning, the presence of God is all over you. Some of you have tears in your eyes because the journey has been difficult. The first half has been overwhelming. God is speaking to you this morning. Don't delay anymore. It doesn't take years to rebuild your life. It took 52 days for Jeremiah, for Nehemiah to rebuild the walls with the people. Don't make excuses anymore. Do it right now. The second half of this year will be glorious than the first half. The end of a matter is better than the beginning. The second half is going to be better than the first. Maybe some of you here, you are in a midlife. The first half was nothing to brag about. The first half was filled with challenges, failures. Some of us, we almost want to resign the second half. But God is saying to you, I will give you everything that you need to pick up your stones, to rebuild your life. Some of you have failures in your family. Some of you have failures in marriage. Some of you have failures in studies. But God is here for you. Pick up the stone. Whatever you need in your life, I will give you the power, the energy. I will give you the strength to rebuild back your life. Your end is better than your beginning. God will bring you to your destination. God will bring you there. He will do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again for your life. Praise you, Hallelujah. Why don't we all lift up our hands right now? Just talk to God. Let's come before our King this morning. Let's come before our King. Just talk to God. Let's come before our King. The King is here for you. The King is here for you. Hallelujah. I want you to pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. This morning. This morning. I've come to the midpoint of my life. I've come to the midpoint of my life. I have challenges. I have challenges. I have failures. I have failures. I was tired. I'm fine. There were stones that I've left lying around. There were stones that I left lying around. But this morning. But this morning. Give me the grace. Give me the grace. The strength. The strength. The power, the power to pick up my stones, pick up my stones, to rebuild back my life, to rebuild my life. My second half, my second half is gonna be greater than my first half. It's gonna be greater than the first half. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. You are my king. You are my king. And my Lord. And my Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Oh, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way. Yes, when there was no way. 
Amen. Let's pick up our stones for this year, for our lives. Everybody say, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here in church today. Next week, we'll get a wonderful weekend. So turn to your neighbor before you go and say, let's pick up the stone. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 